Guys, welcome to episode 101 of the Relax Running Podcast. Tyson Popplestone here. I am a running coach and running technique coach based in Melbourne, Australia, and working with athletes in distance running and triathlon and other running-based sports to not only iron out inefficiencies in their running technique, but also cultivate a training program which is specific to their fitness levels, goals, and their relevant sports. So if you're interested in finding out more about that or getting on board the Relax Running membership to get access to that, jump over to relaxrunning.com, click on the Relax Running membership. If you're an AFL player, we have an AFL membership designed specifically for you. So in that case, jump on board the AFL Running membership. Everyone else, Relax Running membership is the one for you. But we tailor that specifically to your sport. Guys, today we are lucky enough to have the great man Dion Finocchiaro back on the podcast. He's a he's a good mate of mine. He's a good bloke all around, and he's a bloody good runner. I always love having blokes like Dion on the show because I, I feel like they speak about such complex, difficult training programs with such ease. <laughs> Dion is no doubt an absolute workhorse. He has the ability just to be able to stack up day after day after month after month after year of training. And as a result, he is fairly recently broke the Australian 50K record. So I wanted to tap into that. I wanted to ask him about his preparation for that. I wanted to ask him about his mindset through that. I wanted to find out about all things either side of that. So if you're an ultra runner or a marathon runner, you're going to love this one. But also, if you're someone just trying to get your foot in the door of the running world and find out what people in this scene are doing, it's a great episode. Down's a, a really good bloke, a really humble guy, a uh, really easy guy to talk to. So I had a blast with him. Before we get into the show, I want to let you know that we have a brand new sponsor on the podcast by the name of Earshots. Now, I heard about Earshots about a month and a half ago via another podcast I was listening to, and I thought, man, these are the kind of headphones that I want to get my hands on. Until then, I'd been running with the, uh, yeah, they're starting to become vintage headphones now, aren't they? The ones with the cords. So I, I reached out to Earshots and I said, look, I love what you're about. Any chance I could trial some of your headphones? And they were, uh, they were pretty confident in what they had to offer, so they sent me out a pair. And the last month, I, I tell you what, these guys are good. These guys are good. Let me just tell you about a couple of the perks. First and foremost, I love trails. I love running outside when it's wet, when it's cold, when it's dry, when it's hot. These headphones, they stand up to all conditions. It doesn't matter if it's bucketing down with rain, you're safe. Ultimate perk, in my personal humble opinion, they have like a magnetic clip which links over your ear, which means there's no bouncing around, there's no chance they're falling off. They are stable, they're rock solid, they're not going anywhere regardless of how much you sweat regardless of how much you move whether you're on a bike whether you're running just trust me these are these are bloody good they have 20 hours worth of uh, power if you want to do some business on your run you can make and take calls they've got access you can connect it to your phone via bluetooth um, they've got a self-charging case i've already told you about the magnetic clip that comes with the uh with the headphones now I'm a fan of getting out on a run and just listening to some podcasts, listening to some music, but the one thing that stopped me is just the bloody frustration that comes with trying to find headphones that actually work. So if you want to check out these, uh, if you want to check out these, does that make sense? If you want to check out Earshots, do yourself a favor. It's ear, as in your ears, shots, S-H-O-T-S dot com. Use the coupon code RELAXED10, that's RELAXED10, to get a 10% Discount. Enter that coupon con uh, that coupon code at the exit, or as you're about to purchase the product, and you're going to get ten percent off, guys. Hey, 
I'm not going to lead you in the wrong direction. These guys are good, all right? I'm not just having any random sponsor on this show. We're going to get ones that look after you and look after me. These guys have done it. So do yourself a favor, earshots.com, coupon code RELAXED10, or I've just linked you a direct link to their product with the coupon, coupon code already included in the show notes below. So that's enough from me. Let me get out of your way, introduce to you the great man and the Australian 50K record holder, Dion Finocchiaro. I don't know why I tried to go Italian then. It's just an Italian last name. Enjoy the episode. Um, how was the new place anyway? Oh, dude, it's um, it, it's good. Have you have you spent much time down this part of the world? Not not really. Besides going for a race for a, a day or so, but not actually, um, you know, spending a period of time there. So yeah, would love to though. Yeah, man, dude, you should come down. Yeah, you should come down any any time you like. Like we'll go for a, a short run. I'm not going to lock in any long runs with you, but it's um, it's nice down here, brother. Because uh, it's like we've got a good little rental. We're just across the road from the beach, so I've been going over each morning and doing like my my Wim Hof, and it's just nice, man. Like I I, I love the city. Like I, I really enjoy it in the city, um, and I love getting down there. Like I was just saying, I, I try and go down twice a week at minimum. Which is it's a pretty cruisy drive as well. It's sort of best of both worlds because you've got the you've got the beach across the road. There's there's a few trails. To be fair, I haven't I haven't done a heap of exploring because I'm not training for any ultras or any real long races. So I I'm sort of yep. just gone on the same couple of trails, like six to ten k's most of the time. But it's um it's a real change of pace though, man. That's the that's the most noticeable thing for me. Like it's crazy being able to drive to my gym literally takes three minutes there's no traffic there's two people in the gym <laughs> it's like i've moved into like a little village but i, I like it man yeah love it where are you based are you uh I, I had a, yeah i didn't know if you were out in in frankston or, or that direction because i was talking to dane verway a little bit today because uh he's going to come on again soon but apparently they've they've smacked a um they've got a what's it called a power outage out there so he, he couldn't come on today and for some reason i had a feeling you were out Frankston way. So I thought, oh, no, uh, it, might, it might smack I, you as well. I used to live out in like Chelsea way for a little bit, but um, no, otherwise been up Hellwood way for a while now, or Brighton North, but Hellwood's a bit of a smaller suburb that you can kind of just, oh, yeah, I know where that is. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Nice suburb too. I've, I've spent a little yeah. bit of time out there. It's uh, whenever I go. Yeah, it's got that villagey vibe yeah. to it. There's something and, about and I like saying Hellwood better than I like saying Brighton. <laughs> it's like me it's like when people ask me where i'm from I'm, i i usually say gippsland instead of trelgan because once i start yeah. getting too specific they start to go mm, i can i can feel the judgments coming on when they notice it's the town up from morwell yeah <laughs> what's been going on anyway man it's uh it's been a little while i think the last time we actually had, sat down and chatted was was on the podcast that's the beauty of this thing it gives me an excuse to yeah. message people like yourself because i'm i'm sort of always following your progress and looking at your instagram and and getting really inspired but um, it's I'm so bad at showing people love on Instagram. Like I I get in trouble from mates all the time because I don't I don't like photos. I don't comment. I'm really I'm really bad at the the social media scene in terms of knowing how to connect with people. So I way rather just old school phone call. Yeah, um, no things have been um, pretty good. Like um, just I've been busy. Like the the Evolve Running Group has been going really well and um, the massaging at the clinic has been really busy as well. Um, one of our other therapists, she's been like a little bit, um, one of her kids is not very well. So kind of she's having to back off a bit. So 
it's just like overflow onto me as well. But then the running group's been going really well and um, just training. Um, I was obviously trying to train for for Gold Coast, the marathon. And um, so I was just flat out. And then obviously with the lockdown or I guess the COVID pop-up. Um, so I, I was just had to adjust a lot of people's plans and put on other stuff. So it was like a lot of damage control. And I was just like flat out. So, mm. um, but yeah, since Gold Coast was cancelled, I've been a little bit flat actually. Uh, maybe it was just like the mental side of, you know, another six weeks has been a little bit, not a bridge too far, but it's it's just hard to get your head around when you've committed to a time frame and then all of a sudden, just, oh, just a little bit more, a little bit more. And um, yeah, I can understand anyone else that would be struggling. It, it, it does get a little bit hard, but um, yeah. And I also just had my second um, vaccine today as well. So I'm not expecting to do heaps for the rest of the weekend, but um, yeah, things are otherwise... Aside from the last week or two, like things have been really good. Yeah, awesome, mate. You're not sticking to any fridges or giving off a Wi-Fi signal or anything just yet? No, but my, <laughs> my reception's really good today. So. <laughs> Bro, I, I need to go get it. Rigid. I need to go get it. Yeah, I need all the help I can get. I've got a cable plugged in directly to the modem. I um I, I spilt coffee on this computer the other day as well, dude. That's another podcast. I um I was just hoping this thing would would operate today. Uh, the other day I sat down for a um. I was, I think I was editing a podcast. Yeah, I was editing a podcast and uh, sat down with a fresh cup of coffee just to keep me inspired. And uh, like I've had the computer 18 months. It's a nice little MacBook working beautifully. Went to lift up my coffee, sort of stumbled on the, on the little, um, what do you call it? The handle. And it just, it just went directly over my keyboard. The computer completely switched off. And then I, I quickly got on my phone. I was like, all right, surely people have done this. I was like, what do you do if you spill coffee on your keyboard? Um, so someone was like, you put a hairdryer on, on cool. And, uh, and you just, you, you sort of hold it at a distance and you just dry it off like that. I was like, beautiful. Like, so I got the hairdryer out and I I turned it on and started going over the keyboard and bro, I wish I could show you the keyboard. It obviously wasn't on cool. All my keys have melted. So it's just been like a comedy of errors. Like, so the computer's fine now, the coffee dried. But the bloody thing, I can't type properly because all the keyboards are melted into all the keys are melted into the oh side. Um, so anyway, that was a random tangent from you saying you've got really good Wi-Fi service, but that's what I need. Um, man, I was going to ask you, you were saying that there was a so when you said it's a bit of a six-week, it's a six-week extension. So what have they delayed the Gold Coast by six weeks? No, so they cancelled the whole thing altogether, which was such a shame because if it was one week before or one week after, it probably would have been okay. Um, but yeah, they cancelled the whole thing, and which is now two years in a row. But next up, I'm doing the actual the Sunshine Coast Marathon, so it's a different event. Um, mm-hmm. And I was actually going to do both of the events anyway, but I figured that if I did Gold Coast, um, I would have a crack. I really want to have a, a shot at that sub two twenty marathon. And then if I didn't get it there, I was already entered into Sunshine Coast, um, and that's kind of just like. If I had a good run at Goldie, Sunshine would be just run with whatever you've got left. Yes. And then if I didn't get the time at Gold Coast, I would then back up and, you know, have a bit of a rest for a week or two, kind of just fluff around for a little bit and then have another crack, hopefully just... um, But, yeah, anyway, so um, Sunshine Coast is a a good backup. Um, I've done the event a few times before and I really like it. It's actually the fastest marathon I've done in Australia, so in terms of my um, best times in Australia. So, yeah, I was 
I'm definitely keen to have a crack, but yeah, I just got to get maybe it's a head in the game a bit more. But um, yeah, it's a good event. Like so many people have had good results there, and it's not as deep. But because it it always starts at six a.m., don't ever get the same issue with Gold Coast in the past when it was at seven twenty. Um, and what so, was the yeah. issue? What were you sort of? What was the problem with it at, at seven twenty at Gold Coast? What the heat just started to kick in? And- yeah, and it gets really humid. And you know, even for a three hour runner, which is a pretty solid run, you, you, you're running at nearly ten thirty in the morning by the time yeah. that you finish. And at that time in Queensland, it's just far too hot and humid. So yeah. Did you and run the I Melbourne run- Marathon in twenty eighteen? What's that? Did you run the Melbourne Marathon in twenty eighteen? I did. I think that was we saw a, each other at yeah, I was, I, yeah. Yeah, I was trying to remember. Oh, we dude, we warmed up together. Run. We warmed yeah. up together, of course. Yeah. Do you know, I was just thinking, because uh, I knew I saw Mark Bormanis. I was in I was in all sorts at the end of that run. I know we talked about this in our last podcast, but I was in all sorts at the end of that run. And I, I just, I thought I saw Mark Bormanis, or I did see him, but just then as I was thinking, I was like, oh, was it Dion that I saw? That's right. We um we warmed up together along the Yarra and you went on to, to, to run a, a lot more nicely than me, but that that run that run I can imagine was um. Do you remember what time it started? Because it started to get bloody hot. Seven. Yeah, that was a seven o'clock start. Seven. I finished at ten o five, and I remember even after about two hours, I was thinking, oh gee, this is a this is a warm one. It, it makes a big difference, doesn't it? Just when you know yeah. you've got an hour left to run, let alone twenty minutes or something like yourself, it's um. It's a weird headspace to get into, especially here in Victoria, where you're not really exposed to to super hot temperatures on yeah. the on the regular. Especially, especially coming out of winter or running through winter. Say, you know, we got to Queensland, the weather is noticeably warmer than what we're used to in winter, and then coming out of winter, training through September and into October, you can get a couple of like hot days, but then it's not quite enough to prepare you for race day you don't get enough of a simulation in in the body to the body to adapt to the warm temperatures so yeah like when i mean you can get some amazing weather conditions to run at melbourne like 2019 was fantastic uh, weather conditions and i just feel like it's every odd odd year that you get good weather and hopefully if we get one this year we get we do get the good weather Uh, i remember last year i think it was hot even though we didn't have the event the day that it was on I think was supposed to be pretty hot anyway. Yeah, is that right? Okay. So, man, you were saying um, like you felt feeling a little bit flat just about the fact that the race has been sort of thrown all that away. Is that just trying to navigate the the period of what would have been sort of a taper and a real excitement for a run, or um, just trying to navigate how you train, yeah. adjust, and things like that? Or walk us walk us through the headspace with that a little bit it's- more, because I can imagine there'd be there'd be thousands of people who would have run who are probably feeling the same way, especially those who are actually out there seriously you know, trying to crack a good time. Yeah, definitely. It was a kind of a combination where I guess having the taper, having, you know, a bit of a, a break from winter, you know, not really having much of an opportunity to have some warmer weather. It would have been really nice to have worn a T-shirt and shorts for a bit, um, break up Melbourne winter. <laughs> um, so I had that to look forward to. And then obviously, so you can't go. So that's a little bit disappointing. Um, the excitement of seeing lots of different people race week and we had a number of of old runners that were going up and so I was looking forward to seeing a few of those people and so I kind of had it as an athlete but as a 
coach as well. I, and and then when it was cancelled, we had I put on this run at um, Albert Park, and there was also the Hunter Group there, and we kind of just there was a whole bunch of runners. There would have been hundreds going around, and we had about thirty odd. Um, and I reckon twenty eight out of the thirty like PB'd, and I was I was just like really really um, euphoric. Like I was really really just riding the wave and then I reckon like I had the post-race blues even though I didn't run I was just support cheering and stuff like I I had a heavy case of post-race blues after that so and then it was also so I I I still tapered and then slowly built back up which I didn't quite need to but um yeah so I think a bit of that post-race blues not running as much still being really busy with work I was just like it's just, it wasn't what I was used to. So I think it was just um, not quite feeling myself, a little bit um, tired in the legs. I did a, a hilly run. Um, but yeah, other than that, like, yeah, um, it, w- it was still awesome. Like I was wrapped that we had that Albert Park, you know, makeshift marathon. But yeah, like six weeks to then like, you know, you kind of just... Um, treading water you know you don't want to get too close to the fire you obviously prepared yourself for a time um, a taper and everything so then do you build back up or do you are you managing any any niggles or anything like I was ready to go like I had um, no issues with training and the lockdown that we had previously I had a really good couple of weeks like a couple 200k weeks and um, because I wasn't working so I wasn't working in the clinic um so I really put in the time to train and then I thought it really helped my training for Goldie and then anyway so um I reckon I was ready to go for a I mean without you know putting 100% certainty on it but I was I thought I was a good chance to go sub 220 and uh, we'll see I don't know if I'll do it sunny coast but yeah Man, hopefully it's, I'm a bit fresher. Yeah, you, you just reminded me. Uh, <clears throat> speaking about your form over the marathon as well, I haven't spoken to you since you broke the 50k record. Oh yeah. So you guys yeah. did that. Uh, I, I don't know if it's always the case. So the 50k Australian record that was a it's 50k's around the athletics track. Is that right? It's a now it's an outright record, so you can do it on any surface. Okay, yeah. so you you opted for the athletics track based on the fact that. Well, I actually, I just saw, I saw photos at the athletics track. Did you do the whole thing there? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. The reason why we did the athletics track was because there was just four of us organizing this event. So for us to make something certified, we would have had to get someone to come and measure a, a course, which costs a fair bit of money. And because there's just four of us where we, I guess, you know, fronted the load of all the costs associated <laughs> with that with, timing mats that we got we got av officials to come out which you know volunteered their time which was so amazing but like we still like you know bought you know some breakfast and we put put out some food and gave them like vouchers and bottle of wine all that sort of stuff so like it we had a lot of i guess free assistance but we we still did put um we i guess to the best of our ability um provided like you know our gratitude for them to volunteer their time so yeah by using the track it was a lot cheaper because you know that if you've got 
a certified track, which Box Hill is always certified because there's so many records set there. We just had to do 250 laps and we were fine. <laughs> or 125 <laughs> laps, sorry. Um, so, and it was really easy for spectators, um, really easy for us to get our, I guess, fueling right. So it just ticked so many boxes and it was relatively inexpensive compared to doing something on a certified measured road, which potentially we might even have to shut down a road or something like that. Yeah. So the travel real price. a really good option. Yeah, it's awesome, man. I've got a soft spot, a soft spot for, for boxing. I run my 1500 meter PB there, which is far more in line with the amount of laps. So I'm happy to run three and three quarters. So I ran, I ran, I actually ran a couple of really good races. There. I ran, 351 there where my pb was 355 and i remember because wow. i beat i beat matt colo and it was like a for me it was it was when he was still decent and uh i still got like i still get memories of my mum just going nuts when i was when she was down the back straight i was coming up the home straight and then that i broke I, I broke yeah i broke 350 there for the first time when i was maybe 20 oh and then you broke 350 yeah. broke 350 so 349 was my my pb and I run that at Box Hill. Yep. And then I watched, uh, obviously, I saw your result there. I also, I was there the night Stewie broke the Australian record when he ran that like a 54. How, were you there that night as well? Yeah. Yeah, we, yeah. we, we were talking to each other as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was a, that was an insane race as well, man. But the, the, um, it, it, it's good because it, it's got a reputation for it sort of tucked away enough that if it's a nice day, you shouldn't cop too much wind. So did you, were you guys Definitely. blessed in the wind department? Um, well, it was a windy day and it was a rainy day. Um, so we didn't have the best conditions, but I don't mind. I, I'd rather run in the rain than the wind, um, but we did have a bit of both. But, yeah, it was at least better than running when it's too hot, especially when you're doing so many laps. 125 laps. So you said it was it made it easier to uh, organise your hydration and nutrition and stuff like that. So what was your... It's weird, man. Like for a bloke who's been a runner for so long, when it's when it comes to ultras, there's there's a lot more questions I have than answers. So that's part of the reason mm. I wanted to talk to you because it, it turns out there's a lot of ultra runners who do listen to this podcast. Yours is one of the most popular ones we've ever done, and it was all about the ultra stuff. So I thought, man, there's so many questions yeah. that people are that people are still asking. So, like, do you want to just walk us through a, a little bit of that phase of getting ready for that race, and then the we'll talk about nutrition and hydration I'm, I'm interested to know about shoes stuff like that i know you, I know you looked after by hoka um but just to to boil down those details a little bit more because i think the ultra is you know even though there's people who are doing really well at it there's there's so many questions that surround getting ready and uh, for an event like that and then maintaining your energy levels throughout an event like that yeah it's a good question but yeah i guess getting ready for an ultra is depending on how far your ultra marathon is say like a 50k for us it was more or less marathon training but just not as specific with the speed side of things um and then just bulking up the mileage a little bit um but if you're doing something a bit longer or if you're going on a different surface like a trail you know all your runs essentially become time on feet it's just like plodding along all the time and, um, you know, a couple of decent sessions, you know, like stuff that you would do marathon training, but the emphasis on speed is not as important. It's just like, you know, a moderate effort sort of thing. But yeah, it's just like a lot of jogging, um, you know, your easy run pace, you know, probably slows down a little bit. 
Um, I wouldn't say that you become a good 1500 meter runner by doing ultra stuff, but you, you can become a good marathoner just because you've got the stamina to hold on and you never fear running the marathon distance anymore because you're like, oh, you know, you almost shorthand it. You're like, oh, it's just a marathon. So ultra, um, I guess my headspace for it is generally just knowing that I've done as much as I can and whether it's by preparation or just by knowing that everyone else is running as far as well. Um, but yeah, like I guess I like ultras because it's a different kind of challenge. You know, you're running a bit longer. Um, the, the pressure is not as high. You know, if you're running a marathon or a 10K or something, you're like, oh, what was your time? Whereas an ultra, it, if you say that you've ran longer, it's actually sounds more impressive. <laughs> You know, if you've run a 10-hour or a 100K, it sounds more impressive impressive than if you ran eight and a half hours. That's so funny. It's like, such a good yeah, point. You, you ran for 10 hours, but they don't know that you actually spent two hours of that walking. Isn't you that know? funny? I wonder what the crossover point for that is because sort of like if you've been in the running scene for long enough, everyone sort of knows the 1,500, the 5, the 10 like the less amount of time that you put up for those events are pretty good. But yeah, what, I guess it's anything after the marathon, people start to ask more questions, get more confused. Yeah. And <laughs> even still with ultras, the, I guess the time is not less irrelevant, but if you're running on a different terrain, like a trail or something, it actually is irrelevant because you could be running on the surf coast or you could be running at, um macedon or you could be running you know um yu yangs or two days they're all quite different so you it's just you you can't say that oh my two days time was was this therefore my you know surf coast time should be that it's mm. because you're running on either soft sand or you're climbing up stairs or you're doing different things like that you know they take specific kinds of training to be able to do well so um I think that's what the, one of the lures for ultra running is, is that the time is less important and it's more about, I guess, challenging, you know, your distance, challenging yourself. What can you, what is your, I guess, limitations? And then you're probably going to walk, you know, 99% of your ultra marathon runs that you do. And if you don't walk, then, you know, kudos, because like most people do. But yeah, like it's just like a, a really it's a nice challenge to have um just because it the time is is less important and it's like a personal challenge yeah yeah it's a good point man so so with the with the 125 laps of the the run that you were at obviously it's a lot of laps to get your head around it's a, it's a lot to try and navigate but when it comes to your um your pacing and things like that did you did you have certain points that you were trying to hit or was it a little bit more broadly scoped like all right let's just hit the marathon in x and then just try and come home as fast as possible yeah i guess for, for headspace with the i guess 125 laps I, it's actually not as bad as it sounds just because <laughs> you we had you know we had like music and djs we had spectators oh, did you? Nice. Um, we also had each other to pace off and we had like lap scorers so we didn't even have to count our laps and then because of that, you know, you could just like zone out for a little bit and, you know, 
engage with the crowd and say, put this song on or whatever. Um, say to whoever's doing your drinks for you, say, next lap, can I get my, my water or my gel or whatever? And then you've always got something to look forward to. Mm. You know, it's, it's different if you were going to run a long run there just by yourself in the middle of the day because there's like, there is nothing going on. But in an, an event environment, it's not that bad. Um, and you're wearing a bib and, you know, you kind of got a bit of adrenaline going. So I really like that aspect for the track. And then I guess with my pacing, I just lapped my watch every 10 laps, uh, every 25 laps. So every 10K. And I was just like, I, I kind of went into that run half expecting to get the record because I just felt like it was an achievable time, which was is still a solid time, but I just felt like, you know, not our best Olympians or anything or best marathoners have gone and ran the 50K competitively. So, you know, it's kind of a low-hanging fruit for any of our current big dogs that wanted to go out and grab a 50K record. But, um, yeah, I just had, you know, to go out at 250, uh, I guess, 50K pace. So that was two hours 24 um, marathon pace. And then so I just broke it down into 10K uh, blocks and then just was, yeah, every time I went through 25 laps, I would lap my watch. It was always long, so I just kind of went off time. And, yeah, it was it was actually okay. I, I quite liked um, 10. And then every time I lapped my watch, I didn't have like 20, 30, 40K on my watch. It was just 1 to 10, 1 to 10, 1 to 10. And it yeah. was just a really small goal that you could kind of, chip away at and you could even do every five laps or every 5k sorry um which is also pretty easy to do it's a great way to structure it. i do that a lot of the time even if i'm out on just like a, a 10k run and i'm having one of the days where i'm just like oh i'm tired actually one of the like the main i did it this morning my main run here it's a it's probably only six and a half or seven k's but yeah, yeah, you go out on the beach trail and it's about a k and a half to the first car park then a k to the turn off then there's like about a k and a bit up to the lighthouse and I just sort of divide it like yeah. that because if I some there's some days I go out and I'm like oh mate I'm not even at the first car park yet I'm thinking oh this is going to be a real long wow. start to feel tired yeah. or whatever or I might have like yesterday I um I was busting out some big squats trying to keep some sexy quads in this uh, popplestone household and I got up this morning and I was like oh mate this is going to be an interesting run so yeah it's it's always interesting it's helpful just to be able to boil down um like a really yeah. sizable like i'm saying sizable in comparison to what you're talking about but like even on a 7k run you can boil that down into sort of 1k increments it just makes life so much yeah. easier so much more enjoyable and it's like because because if i go out and i'm having one of those mornings where i'm like oh this is rough it's like you're six and a half k from home it can feel it can feel a little bit a little bit yeah. tough but when you're only 1k from the next sort of landmark it yeah it's it, it's really good for that headspace but um, I was going to ask you, man, so it actually, it makes a lot of sense, actually, the way you explained it. I think I was thinking of Box Hill, 125 laps, the way you explained it on a lunchtime run, just lonely, long, yeah, boring. It's, it's so different. Uh, if you ever went and did a, a run like that by yourself, it is so different. But if you put like a bunch of people, some atmosphere, some music, um, something that you're like, I guess you've wanted to do, like, you know, I guess the race is almost like your victory lap, you know, and the, the training is the stuff that you don't sign up for, but you sign up for the event. So if you were going and even doing a training run for something like that, 
it would be more of a grind than on the actual day. Yeah, it was it was not a chore at all. Yeah, yeah. I could like I've done a hundred k on the track before. I've never really had a problem at all. <laughs> That's just incredible. Just because of the same thing. Yeah, um, you're just constantly engaged. You're constantly, and even if there was say like you hear these twenty four hour track races, forty eight hour. Man, it's a lot of time to be on the track, but you're lapping people or you're being passed. Maybe you're sitting down on the side of the, the track taking some fuel or something. And then there's someone else going past and they're like, come on, keep going. Or, mm-hmm. you know, or then you see someone out sitting on the side of the track taking their fuel or they're kind of like, you know, through their death march in the middle of the night. And then you like, you know, you kind of give them a bit of a cheer on to keep going or, you know, at least encourage in some way. And, and most people are like, you know what, like, that's what I needed. You know, you don't get any of that sort of stuff when you are doing the run by yourself, but there's always that camaraderie that you get in an event. And I love that. Yeah. It is interesting how much of a difference it makes to have people, people around you. Cause just like I was saying, I like to break down my, my morning runs into sizable chunks just to get my head around it. It's weird. Cause if you're out doing K reps, for example, like I remember before I ran, 1420 or whatever for, for 5k i'll yeah. go out and the idea of doing six by 1k in three minutes with like a 60 second recovery was yeah. was tough like i would go out and sometimes i couldn't hit those times so i'd get to the last or the middle couple i'm like oh mate it's a yeah. tough day but then when you put yourself in the middle of a run when you got the people around you as you say it's amazing how much it, it's not just that camaraderie it's just the um like from a from an actual physical sense or from a time perspective it's so much easier to run at a particular pace if you're surrounded yeah. by that. Like my wife's a classic example, man. She did the Melbourne half marathon years ago. Now it must've been like six or seven years ago. And the idea of her going out to run like a 15 K long run in preparation for it, it was like her worst nightmare. Yeah. She went out, man. She was, she was having a blast. Cause just, as you say, the music's pumping, the people are there. The atmosphere is great. Everyone is, yeah, that's the lap of honor. Essentially. It's a, it's a really cool way yeah. to look at it. But how did you guys structure the um the pacing of it? So there was four of you doing it. I know Dane had a ripper of a run as well. Um, yeah. Like, did, were you taking 10K at a time or, or how did you decide when to break well, it up? We were pretty lucky. Like, we had Liam Adams came and paced us for 30K. <laughs> oh, yeah, so, that's a win. I mean, I didn't he, even was, realize he, was, he there. was just doing a training run. Um, <laughs> I mean, he could, he could, he didn't even take any fuel, no drinks, no nothing. Like, he could, he could have just kept going and beaten us all. Um, but that's just Liam. Like he was just happy to help us out. Um, so we had Liam and also one of the, the guys that Dane is coaching, De- Jess Dunsmore. He um, paces, I think he paces for the half marathon. So I guess we were going like 326, 325 per K thereabouts. And, you know, like Liam was amazing. Just rocked it the whole, you know. Um, but even even aside from that, um, the the other like Dane and Craig and John, um, we just kind of just rotated every, I guess, few laps, every couple of k. There was you know, we just kind of like everyone went to the front, and then you kind of just like almost like an Indian file, you know, you just kind of, you know, eventually you get back to the back of the pack, and then you go to the front, and then you just did that. Um, but we got to about. Ooh, 22k i reckon and then john dutton stopped and went to the toilet and then so like um I that's mean, tough I that's a tough place to be 22k like, in yeah i probably just would have like peed in my pants <laughs> you know, it was raining anyway it was raining. Yeah. So, yeah. you know one would have known 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then so he was off. And then he eventually caught us by about just before just before 30K. Um, by that time, Craig had dropped off. And then so it was kind of Dane and I at about 30K. And then we got Liam dropped off pacing at about 31, maybe 32K. And then I was, and then it was just Dane and I, and then I just was like, oh, yeah, I've, I've got this. Um, and then kind of just from there, it was just solo. But because um, there was people cheering, they're like, oh, you know, you're on pace, like cheering and everything and encouraging. It was actually fine doing the last, you know, 18K solo. Yeah. So you did yeah. So, but you and Dane didn't have like an agreement of like, all right, we'll wait till 30K and then um, just yeah. whatever happens. It was just, it was just all right. If you're feeling good, race. If you're, if you're not, drop off. Yeah. And, and even still, like, you know, you know, I, I got the, I won, I guess, the race ultimately. But like, Dane also broke the 50K record as well. So it was really cool. Um, you know, it was just a shame that, you know, he broke the record, but, he didn't get to hold the record you know yeah. what i mean like yeah um but it was an amazing run and, and even john you know after i guess dropping off the pack to go to the toilet and then catching back up and then that kind of burned him and then he held back he still ran a you know a really good 50k he got a pb for himself and you know and off not a lot of training that was a really good run and craig was obviously a bit underdone not really been doing much running. He kind of had his biggest week the week before the race. Who's that? So um, Craig who? Appleby. Oh, yeah, yeah. Gee. Yeah, Apples. He's still rocking. And yeah, so he didn't have heaps of training, but he still ran like a 220-something or 230-220-something marathon. So pretty solid. And then that's where he finished up. But, you know, like we all had pretty good runs considering that it was pretty windy and it rained quite a bit um, throughout patches of the morning. So... Yeah, we had a really good event overall, and yeah, yeah, that's good, man. I oh, see. I just assumed when I saw the record that was broken, I just assumed that the the Box Hill gods or the gods of the the athletic track must have looked after you a little bit and given you the best weather. But that's even more impressive to know that you had uh, you had done it with a, a few of the elements against you. But you were saying that you went through the marathon in in two hours twenty four, and that was one thing I was interested to pick your brain about because because as you say, like even if you went out and ran like an awesome race of, of say you ran two eighteen for a marathon. Which um which I'm sure is you know probably closer probably closer to possible than uh well maybe not that you realise but it's probably pretty closely possible don't you think I would I would back you yeah. in for two eighteen at some stage pretty soon but but that's only six minutes faster than the marathon pace that you went out and I was I was trying to figure out like when you when you're pacing yourself over an event that's that long like how do you know what's too fast compared to what's not fast enough because obviously you don't want to get to eight k's out and be like oh I've left myself too much work but I guess the the, the tension is it's it's only a couple of seconds a lap and you can be pretty close to a massive blowout if you're not not careful so like at, yeah how did you obviously you've had a heap of experience at navigating the long distances but it was it was just interesting to me to know that it was that time sounds relatively close to your personal best it would it'd be intimidating psychologically for, for a lot of people to go out at that pace and think all right it's only eight k's hopefully i can hold on yeah it was pretty you know, like, I guess, like, my marathon PB is 2.21. And then so it was pretty close to, you know, PB pace. But it's like, it's just, it's not even 8K. And 
I was like, I, I guess I probably, I don't even think I was in PB marathon shape either. I just knew that <laughs> 50K was like, it's not that much longer. Um, a couple of seconds, okay, was enough of a buffer. I don't like, I probably wouldn't be able to do like a really high end speed for long, but I could do a, a sub maximal kind of effort for, mm. for quite a while. And even when I went through the marathon, like I still had a bit of a, a fade, like I, I ran a little bit slower in that last 8K, but it was okay. And, you know, actually I did pull up pretty rough actually, but yeah, I, I, I just knew that that pace was pretty comfortable. Like I, I've done plenty of marathons, like 225 and that sort of stuff. I think I did eight of them in 2019 and like, like was fairly comfortable most of the year. So like I was, I was not fearing running 225 pace for the marathon and then just hopefully hold on given that I was tapered and didn't, you know, have a race to do the following week. I could just leave it all out there. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's so impressive, man. When you say you pulled up rough, walk us through that a little bit like the, the next day you were pretty, uh, pretty rough on the legs, were you? Yeah. And, (laughs) and even like immediately after the race, like I thought I was fine. And I kind of walked around, no problems. But then the next couple of days, like, um, I was just so sore. And maybe it was just because of, although that we're on the track and there's no hills or anything like that, the other thing to consider was the fact that we didn't get a break of anything. Like, whatever we were running on just maintained to be, like, it, it, was, it was just tired the whole time. So, um, the if you had like a sore calf, you never got a a break from it or sore quads or anything. You just had to keep running on that same surface where sometimes some hills give you a chance to get a bit of a break. Yeah, so we didn't get that. And I think that's probably why I was quite sore. But yeah, it was just like, it was like I did a mountain race. I was really sore. That is intense. Did you did you see the um the Iron Cowboy James Lawrence in America? Yeah, just finished the hundred Iron Man's. Well, I don't know. I actually don't know when he just finished. I think it was like a month ago now, maybe. It, he's pretty anyone. amazing, dude. Like, well, he reminds yeah. me of you, bro. He reminds me of you. He <laughs> um, I'm gonna. I actually, I had him on the pod. Like, I used to have a podcast called Intention back when I was living in London a few years ago, and, and I got him on after he did the fifty Iron Man's in fifty states in fifty days. And dude, yep. even in the conversation, from like the beard that you're rocking now, just to mm-hmm. his his attitude about, um, you know, breaking it down into bite sized chunks, seeing it for what it really is, just rocking one day at a time. Just to, I was, I, I remember, bro. I was sitting in a, a little. It's funny. I was sitting under a staircase in a cupboard, essentially where the modem was in our shared apartments. And uh, I, I remember having the chat. I was like, dude, this guy reminds me so much of Dion. But I, I wanted to talk to you about that because. His most recent fate. So for anyone who doesn't know, he's I think he's based in Utah. He did a uh, hundred Ironman, so like a three point six k swim, one hundred and eighty k on the bike, marathon run for a hundred days in a row, which is just disgusting. It's just insane that that's even. You do human. that every day, like that. That takes up more than half of your day every day, and that's not even planning. That's not even showering. That's just like physical exercise for more than twelve hours every day. Like that is insane. It's a. Uh... It's pretty impressive. I was, I was first of all interested to see whether or not you had heard of that, and I was pretty confident that you would. I watched have. the Iron Cowboy on Netflix and um, all that stuff as well, and pretty interesting. Um, yeah, was he on the elliptical this one though? 
like he did a cup like I remember oh. last on when he did the 50 days 50 states um 50 Ironman I know that like he had a few like niggles and stuff and was like swimming on a, on a lap pool or um doing a couple of the rides on the Ergo and a couple of runs on the elliptical. Ah, uh, interesting. It's a it's and a weird choice, the elliptical for a run. Yeah, something. Not, I don't want to bag the poor bloody please for hundred. Yeah, yeah. That, <laughs> it, 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 that was crazy. Uh, say that I mean, again. He was on like EPO and stuff, and oh, was he? I don't even remember. Yeah, yeah, Dude, yeah. I don't think I've seen the documentary. I don't think yeah, I've, I've maybe seen highlights of he it. He copped a lot of grief for it, but like, it's an amazing for the story that he's showcasing like it's not about him doing a selfish thing and training and racing and stuff like he was raising money and stuff um i don't think that like you could recognize it as an official world record thing but um it's an amazing like that you would you have the mentality and the fortitude to do to put yourself through that 100 days let alone 50 just insane like the logistics behind everything the preparation you know you need a full-time mechanic for your bike you need a full-time i guess mechanic for your body you know just an amazing feat to do you know what he does yeah you'd almost need epo or something to be able to help you get through that because i couldn't i don't know if that's true but i I couldn't understand how your body could keep sort of it, it wouldn't not, be able to recover. Yeah, you're not recovering really. Like I'm, yeah. I'm sure if you're if you're doing like a 14 hour Ironman, <laughs> and then you got 10 hours left to to eat and sleep and toilet and shower, as you say, good luck getting up yeah. the next morning. And I, I remember the first one. Like a, it's strange. Like the first one to me is logistically even more impressive, obviously, because he's trying to do it in 50 states. And I think his first one was on Hawaii. And apparently, like Ironman yeah. number two was really hard. Because yeah. he had to somehow get from Hawaii to, I think he was in California or might have went to California. Yeah. yeah. It's just a, like, I, I hate traveling at the best of times because I hate the feeling of like, oh crap, I hope I don't miss my flight. But when you're trying to recover and know that you've got an Ironman, you still have a flight to catch, that's a whole nother layer of stress to, to try and deal with. Hey, but dude, I could imagine you doing something like that in Australia. I just wanted, mm-hmm. I just wanted to dangle that bait before you and say, well, I, I, I feel like you should look at it. Yeah, I would do the run version. Yeah. Like, what would the run version be? Would it be like an ultra of some sort, or would it be the marathon for a certain number of days? Or I don't know. Like, you could do a marathon every day it, for a it, year. It would be something that would. It would be like a year challenge to like run the the perimeter of Australia. You know, like you know, probably maybe just start with the, the perimeter of the state. But <laughs> you know, um, you know, something like that would be pretty epic. You know. You, we saw that guy that um, ran from Perth to Sydney a few weeks ago. I missed it. I didn't see it. Um, yeah, he ran from Perth all the way to Newcastle. Um, just on, it was like three thousand k's over a, a month or two. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, that is that is crazy. Um, Have you thought about that seriously? Have you, on, what's that? Have you actually thought seriously about doing something like that, or is that sort of a little bit further down the track if you're ever going to do it once you've smashed out your sub 220 marathon and everything maybe one day but yeah once i've done the sub 220 like i'll be happy to explore a few other things like a 24-hour track race and stuff like that it's Um, weird because some people are just cut from a certain cloth and that's what i mean when i like compare you to to james lawrence iron cowboy is some people just have this weird ability just to be able to keep backing up like day after day after day and it's a i don't know it's it's a 
yeah, you got to be a different, I guess, human, you know? It's true. But, yeah, like our mutual friend, actually, I don't know how often you see him anymore, but my great mate, do you know James O'Connor? Oh, yeah, Jock. Jock. Yeah, you know Jock. I thought you did because he. I think he ran the marathon the, the year you ran your first one, back in like 2013, maybe? I, I reckon you oh, ran yeah. 256. Oh, yeah. um, no, that was my second one. My first one oh. I ran three. Um, I ran three seventeen on my first one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because whenever your name comes up in a conversation with with me and him, which is fairly often, we're talking about crazy feats that people are doing. It's we yeah. both recognize this. It's like I, I don't know. Yeah. It's a you recognize it as well. It's just a it's a weird ability for people just to be able to switch off to the discomfort. I hope this comes as a compliment, but I'm I'm not necessarily the biggest fan of of you know the motivational style of stuff that he does. But David Goggins, his ability to be able to just keep rocking up and pushing his body to uncomfortable places is it's that it's that same kind of thing yeah. I, just, I, I don't know that everyone's i'd love to know where it comes from i'd love to know what it is that like is that is that made or is it just is that like a natural talent in itself like it doesn't matter how much i train i'm not being Stuart mcswain and I'm, i wonder like yeah. i wonder i wonder how much i train my, my mind or whatever whether whether you know you can take on the ability to to start doing these kind of feats i'm, I'm sure you can to an extent but uh, I guess it's a bit of a riddle that I often try and solve. Yeah, I reckon like any kind of mind coach or whatever out there will tell you that you can do whatever. But there's some people that like you're just born with it. Some people like you can acquire it through, you know, I guess challenges through your childhood or whatever. Or, or you know, maybe you just, you know, maybe you overcome something like you had cancer or you, you know, you got a second chance at life. You know, you missed you you missed your flight and that flight crashed or something, or, mm. you know, like you get a new lease on life and then all of a sudden you take things, you would never take things for granted and you really appreciate every opportunity that you get. I reckon those are the sort of characteristics that you would see in somebody that would be doing those kind of crazy things like the get Dave Goggins challenges and stuff. Um, yeah. You know, you know, even me, like, you know, childhood was pretty, rough and everything and and i reckon that's probably how i can get through all of these ultras or even the willingness to kind of go out and train every day when you don't want to or it's just you know that is your it's a part of your being you know you're just wanting to get out have a goal um maybe it's something that you either going for a time or a distance you know someone like stewie you know our best middle distance runner in since motram you know or you could be someone, you know, like that guy um, that ran across Australia. His name's Troy, actually. Um, you know, like very, very different spectrums of where they're going, but they could have had similar things going on in their life that has, I guess, caused for them to strive to achieve something. Yeah, yeah, it's a really good point, man, because it's I find the whole like the whole talent versus hard hard work thing really interested really interesting on on a number of fronts and to use jock actually as an example so he's he's about six three or six four i don't want to put too many kilos on him but i would guess he's pushing 100 kilos like he's a big boy like he's a he's a muscular fella and man i've had so many days in the gym with him where i've been in the gym consistently for six months he's been inconsistent or not going to the gym for six months and we come in and he's like, we go to the bench press and it's just embarrassing the weight that he lifts in comparison to me. And, and there's like a, there's a clear difference in 
like a natural ability to be able to lift weights. Like if he actually worked at that, the amount that he would push would just be disgusting in comparison to, to what I was pushing right now. And I think yeah. the same is true with, with like physical talent. Cause you look at athletes like Stewie and you look at athletes like Jai Edwards and far out about 20 other Australian athletes right now. There's, there's, that's a whole nother podcast. Um, and, and there's a clear, there's sort of like a clear line where, where talent and hard work combine together. But I feel like it's often something that it's not really looked at. And we don't like to look at it a lot because we think that hard work is just going to take us to exactly where we need to go. But um, like, obviously there's some natural talent and I see what we're talking about here as being a talent in itself. It's like, I always wondered whether like the ability to remain injury free was a little bit of a natural talent. Cause we talk about like natural speed or natural endurance or whatever, but like you can have all of that. But if you're inconsistent because you just keep getting smacked with injury, then it, it it doesn't really take you very far. So do you, do you know what I'm trying to say? It's like a, it's a really yeah. interesting thing to try and understand whether like whether it's hard work or whether it's talent or whether it's natural or whether it's um, developed. And uh, I guess it's a combination of all of those things. We're never yeah, going to know. A combination and a bit of luck and having you know good people in your corner to like you know you can have all the talent and hard work and, you know, in your, I guess, going for you, but you need someone that also enables you to do it. You know, like you might need a sponsor to help get you to the event. You know, you might be super fit um, and you might have the will to do it, but you can't afford to go over to Europe and do Diamond League. Mm. So have a sponsor or a manager or something. Or um, So it's just like this perfect, you know, storm in a teacup, you know, that you need the talent, you need the, the work ethic, you know, you need the people in your corner. That's why they're so rare because, you know, you might have most of the ingredients, but to get all of them, like that's really hard to get. And so that's why some of the superstars that we have, you just need to really, I guess, you know, almost worship, you know, what they do and, you know, because they're so hard to come by and give them, the platform to continue to succeed and everything like that. I, I just think it's brilliant. Some of the people that we have um, and like, even look at our women's running, you know, you've, you've got Stewie, but you've got, you know, you people like Izzy, yeah. that you know, coming through like Jess Hull. You know, Jess Hull, you know, it's just amazing. Like our marathoners, um, the guys and the girls, like, amazing what they're all doing like they're all looking like they're in pb shape and it's probably not going to be the fastest olympics for the marathon but like they could actually get a pb as well like it's just amazing how you know those people have all got the ability and they've all got the work ethic and i guess having being in an olympic year that they've also got you know more support than what they would usually have in a normal year and like that's amazing yeah, it really is. Well, I saw up on Stewie's Instagram the other day. He now has a tag to contact his uh, his his media agent or whatever. I was like, oh, he's getting some requests. He's getting some requests. He's having trouble navigating the admin side of things, old Stewie. Because um, I thought, yeah. it, and it's awesome. It's sort of just to add to what you're saying. Like, there's obviously a lot of attention that these athletes are getting. Man, I'm so pumped. I actually, oh, I just posted a video to YouTube about the Tokyo men's 1500 meters just because it's the one that I know most about. I've taken it down temporarily because I've bloody got to fix the audio. But it's essentially looking at the six, like six people I'm super pumped to watch at the Olympics. Um, and that's like in this race. It's Have you seen that Mohamed Katia guy? He's a Moroccan guy running for Spain. He just ran 727 the other day for, other day for 3K. Oh, really? big Stewie, when Stewie ran... Yep. 728 dude he's like a beautiful technician he's got long hair a little bit yep. of swagger 
Um, and then obviously you've got like uh, Inga Brixton, uh, Centruitz is coming back up. And then there's a guy, I don't know if you know him, but the US, uh, US champ, that Cole Hocker, he came out and beat Centruitz oh, yeah, in the yeah. trials. Um, and then did Big you, Stewie. Um, are... Did you see that the, um, you know, the, the, the Kenyan um, Timothy Chariot? Chariot, yeah. The, guy that the Olympic record, uh, the, the world record holder, how he came fourth in the trials. Yes. And didn't qualify. Dude, he's well, on the video as well. But the guy, the guy that came second hasn't done enough doping tests to be eligible. So he's now out and Chiriot is now back in. So you know you've got the it's going to be an amazing 1,500 meter. Dude, it's going to be like I can't imagine. And I say that, dude, it's so crazy that we're saying this. I say this, I, I want to see, I reckon Stewie can do incredibly well. He can definitely medal. I, I don't know. He's just got to get to the final. I think he's just got to get yep. to the final because it's obviously it's quite tactical. Um, he's undoubtedly got the ability to to get into the final, but he's just got to have the and right he's race. Gutsy. He's gutsy. Dude, like, he's, he's he so ballsy, man. It's such a good point. It's so crazy yeah. to watch. You just know every time he's on the start line, he's gonna he's gonna lay it out. There's none of this. He's not being a pussy in the sense that he's just going to tuck back in the back of the field. He And I think, honestly, like a, a fair bit of that's come with the confidence of his performances as well. Like once you start to string together the times that he's done, you, like him winning the Dream Mile the other day in 3.48 and then coming out. I, dude, I messaged him after that and I said, Stewie, I, mate, I'm, I'm backing you for a 3.28. And I don't know if you saw, 150 metres left in that race in Monaco. Have a look because that Mohamed Katir guy, runs around the outside and Stewie looks like he's about to go white and he gets checked and he sort of stumbles a little bit. And it's the worst feeling when you're at max pace and you, you get checked a little bit and you got to try and refine your momentum, refine your rhythm. And honestly, yeah, have a look hundred, if anyone interested, go back, have a look with 150 to go. Stewie cops a check. And with those big long legs, that's the last thing you want, man. I, yeah. I'm backing him for 328, 329. If that's a PB at the end of the day, that's an incredible, ridiculous, unbelievable time. And it's probably just even more credit to him, the fact that I think he's capable of running faster. But I'm, I'm so excited to watch the guy, man. I'm just uh, – I felt like a little kid. When I used to get up and look at Mottram's results, I was always excited to see how fast he ran. I was genuinely nervous to look at the results sheet when I woke up on – I think it was Sunday morning last week. I was like, oh, what's the, what does he run? Like, <laughs> how fast has he just gone and run? I remember when he was a 13-year-old guy, he came up to my hips and um, – I was the hero in that little warm-up group. And now I look back and I'm like, oh my gosh. Like it's so crazy to see that this young fellow is going to go on and just take Australian athletics by storm. Yeah. Do you just see that the journey that someone goes through from, you know, even back in the day when like Mo used to train in Ballarat and stuff, and now he's like world-class athlete, and you know, people used to beat him. Dude, you know? they they used to they used to laugh. They they called him Craig Mottram's training bitch because he'd come out to Ballarat and just do the the pacing reps from Mottram is the story I hear. I wasn't there when it was happening, but that's that's kind of mind blowing, isn't it? The fact that a bloke yeah, like that. It's amazing that like you see someone from a different light and then you have an image of them like that in your head, and then they end up their trajectory is insanely different, and they have this amazing, I guess, growth and. Um, development and then you look at them with a different set of eyes and you think where how is that person turning to this result like it's amazing you know yeah how, how they go as far as they do it's yeah just fantastic it's going to be interesting to watch man who are you who else are you excited to watch like is there any obviously the marathon you'll be pumped to see but is there any other particular yeah. race you're looking forward to um i love the 10k love yeah. the 10k who's going to um, win it this year 
I don't know. It's going to be some random Kenyan. It's weird to me that I don't know any of the the top favorites. Like, uh, I yeah. used to I used to be able to keep up with it. Like, there was always like your Gebra Celestis and your Turgats, and then your Kenanisha Bakilis were almost just considered yeah. a shoe in. But I don't know if there's anyone that dominant over that distance right Could now. Be chapter guy. Yeah, chapter guy is always going to be a, a fairly um, hot shot. Yeah, and um, oh, what's his name? Um. Kipchoge's good mate, Camerol, Jeffrey Camerol. Oh, I don't know much about him. Yeah, he's a gun. He's a he's probably the best half marathon runner going around. All right. Um, so he'll give Chapter Guy a good run for his money in the 10K. Yeah. Oh, dude, I'm pumped to watch it. Yeah. I'm pumped to watch it. Man, I um I told you to leave us a little bit of room if we started at 3:30 rather than 4:30. So I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap it up because as I was saying to you, I've got to try and have a shower, make myself look half pretty, because I'm heading into Melbourne uh when we when we finish this one up. But, dude, it's, it's always good to, to touch base with you and hear about the training. And I was really keen to pick your brains about the um, that 50K. So it was, uh, it was interesting to hear how it sort of all went down. No, always a pleasure, mate. Been I need to start making these longer week. than an hour because uh, I feel like the conversation just starts to get really flowy and I start to talk about things I'm super interested in. And it's weird just the avenues that you find yourself in where I'm like, oh, crap, now I want to talk to you about the Olympics for half an hour. But I've, <laughs> I'll be here yeah. all day. So, uh, we'll do a round three at some stage if you want, brother. No, brilliant, mate. Uh, loving the work. Yeah. Hey, Thank thanks you for your comment the other day. I saw your comment on um on uh, Apple Podcast. Yeah, I'm trying to get more of them because I think it helps you. I don't know. I, dude, I'm trying to figure it out. I told you I'm not good with social oh, media yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah. like That's that. That's right. I did do a comment. Yeah, yeah, it was a nice one too. It was a real nice comment. I think I read it out on the podcast. I was so happy. Yeah. <laughs> All right, brother. Well, great to see you, man. Good to good to hear you going going well with the uh, with the running and everything. And hopefully, you get an opportunity to tile that training together and you know whack out a big marathon time sooner rather than later. Is, are we going to see? Do you reckon oh, it's sort of hard to say with the headlines in Melbourne at the moment being COVID again? But I'd love to see the Melbourne Marathon be run this year. Yeah, I reckon. I mean, who knows? Like, you know, Gold Coast. You would never have thought that Queensland was going to be locked down and then just the week of the race, lockdown and no event. So you just, you know, who knows? You know, we had the Great Ocean Road go ahead. So I don't know. You feel like anything around school holidays is where the risks are. So maybe Melbourne might be okay. Uh, it might be getting a bit warmer by then. We'll see. Maybe it's postponed by a little bit. Some, maybe you'll come out and run two hours. If you come out and run two hours, 10, I reckon the, the increase in Pfizer vaccines will go through the roof. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I would love something with a two-one something, dude. I would love something for you with a two-one something as well. I reckon it's not going to be too far till we see it. So I'm excited to. Uh, you heard that here first, everyone, as well. All right, I'm going to claim that as as my call, not yours. But um, dude, it's not too far away. I'm I'm pumped to see it happen. No, awesome. All right, brother. I'll leave you to Always it, man. A pleasure. Back Thanks, at you, mate. Brother. See you, man.